As a matter of fact, why don't you read these two verses of Scripture with me? Acts, the second chapter, reading verse 38 and verse number 39. Amen. The Word of God never changes. I said it never changes. Amen. If there's any changing, it's going to have to be in us. That's what's going to make the difference in our life. Amen. Read with me Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and verse 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this, for the promise, is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Go with me into the Old Testament to the book of Deuteronomy. Amen. Deuteronomy, if I'm not mistaken, chapter number 24. And let me read starting at verse number 19. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 24, reading at verse number 19. And it reads like this. When thou cuttest down thy harvest in thy field, and hast forgotten the sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. And it shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And when thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, Thou shalt not glean it afterwards. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. Amen. You may be seated. In the second chapter of in the book of Acts, I have read to you a scripture that a lot of the world calls the Pentecostal candy stick. That is that they say we use this scripture more than any other scripture in the Bible. Well, I guess you can say it's our candy stick, but I'd rather say that it's our rock we stand upon. Because without this scripture, we would not know the basis of Bible salvation. But reading in Acts, the second chapter, in verse number 38, we read there that there was a message preached. We read about the happenings in the second chapter of the book of Acts, about the Holy Ghost being poured out on the day of Pentecost. How that there suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. 
So we read about the phenomenal happening of the birth of the New Testament church. For the church was not born when Jesus Christ rose from the grave. It was not born at the time that he was crucified. But the church was born on the day of Pentecost. The birthing pains of that upper room were heard throughout all the coast, amen, of Jerusalem. Because when men and women came out of the upper room, they knew that there had been a heavenly celebration that had taken place in that upper chamber, no doubt, where they had ate the last supper with the Lord. But those who were in the upper room, approximately 120 people, every one of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, they were the first ones to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. They received it just like the Bible said. The only way you can get the Holy Ghost is just like the Bible said. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. But John the Baptist was not in the New Testament church. John the Baptist was still under the law. Amen. He was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, John was killed before Christ was ever crucified. Even though John was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb, John did not speak in tongues because John was not under the auspices of the New Testament church. But here we find that men received the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoken of other tongues, as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Jesus said the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name beginning at Jerusalem. Here we are at Jerusalem. Folks receive God's divine power. The Bible said then Peter stood up and proceeded to tell them how to be saved. Because there were men approached Peter and they said, what must we do or what shall we do? Amen. To receive eternal life. What shall we do to be born again of water and spirit? Then the scripture said in Acts the second chapter verse number 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said for the promises unto you, amen, and unto your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me preach a little while tonight. If you'll stay with me for a moment, we find in the word of God that this experience was poured out. I realize that there are a lot of men today who would deny the fact that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now. They say that this was only for the 12 apostles. They say that this experience was only for the early church. But I'd like to say, friend, if you'll read on in the book of Acts, you'll find out that in the book of Acts, not only did 120 receive the Holy Ghost that day, but 3,000 others were added to the church. Follow right on through in the 8th chapter, in the 19th chapter, in the 10th chapter, you will find out that several people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, preacher, that's it. Nobody else received the power of Jesus Christ. Nobody else received the phenomenal experience of speaking in other tongues. That was it. When God gave that experience in the New Testament church, amen, then that was all there was to it. There was nobody else going to receive that divine power. But let me say to you tonight, church, that God 
has divine ordinances and laws that he goes by. And when Jesus Christ came, my friend, amen, and died on the cross of Calvary, he did not do away with the Old Testament law, but he magnified what was in that book. And he brought it to our mind what he could do. So someone said today, preacher, you can't receive the Holy Ghost anymore. It's not for us anymore. There's no more power of God left in this day and time. There's no more miracles left for those who would come along after Pentecost. There's no more divine healing. There's no more supplying of need. There's no more of our children receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. I'd like to say that the skeptics of this church would like to tell you, friend, that it will not happen. But let this preacher go down on record and let him state from the very soul of mine that, friend, God's still doing today what he did in the New Testament church when he was born on the day of Pentecost. I have read to you tonight from the book of Deuteronomy a law that God instituted way back then. And it talks about the law of reaping. And I want to say, friend, that when those folks receive the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they receive the first fruits of this experience. Yes, sir. They were the first ones to speak in other tongues. They were the first ones to stagger around drunk in the spirit. They were the first ones to receive the Holy Ghost as we receive it today. They were the very first ones. But I like to say they did not get all the Holy Ghost that God had to offer this world. Just because they were recipients of the first blessing did not mean that they used it all up. I like to say tonight that God's divine power cannot be used up. That there is an endless source of divine power. There's an endless source of divine love. There's an endless treasure chest of God's spirit. And God's saying to you, whosoever will let him come. I've not restricted this to Pentecost, but I'm giving it to whosoever will. For there's a divine law that I've instituted that's still in effect today. Hallelujah. My God, I feel like preaching tonight. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I want to preach you some meat tonight because I feel like God wants us to understand what he has in store for his divine church. Somebody said, oh preacher, the days of revival are over. The Lord's not pouring out the Holy Ghost like he used to. God's not doing it like he used to. You see, because we're not real Jews. We are the strangers in this thing. As a matter of fact, we have become children by adoption. For God saw fit when he went to his own and his own received him not. He offered this promise unto you or I. I don't care what the theologians say. I don't care what they get out of the bowels of a seminary somewhere. Friend, God's experience is still real. That the Holy Ghost is still genuine. That the power of God's still moving in this church. That God's still filling folks. Anybody that will open their heart to God. I'm telling you, God has something left. God has something in store. God's not going broke. He has not given it all away. For God has returned for us today a Holy Ghost Pentecostal blessing that'll never ever wane away and will never grow old that's still the same my God as it was on the day of Pentecost hallelujah so in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy amen the Bible gives us a divine ordinance there he said when thou cuttest the harvest of thy 
that field and has forgot a sheep and you've left that sheep laying in the field. Amen. He said, don't whatever you do, don't go back to that field and pick that up which you have left behind. He said, leave that for the stranger. Leave that for the fatherless. Leave that for the widow. He said, and God will bless all the work of thine hands. He said, when thou beatest the olive tree for the way they gathered their olives in that time, they would go to the bottom of that old olive tree and they would take a situation, a stick or a board and they would literally thump the bottom of that olive tree and as they thumped the bottom of that tree, the olives would fall out of the branches and would fall down to the ground and when they had thumped all they could thump, then the Lord said when you've gathered all the olives you can gather, whatever you do leave what's left on the boughs alone I want you to leave some olives hanging there because there's some widows along and there's some fatherless coming along and there's some strangers coming along you shall not glean the boughs of that olive tree why because I want some leftovers hear me I want somebody to have something that you don't know about and he said when thou gatherest up thy grapes and you go through and you pick the grapes that are ripe and the grapes that are full don't go back to those grapevines again amen a couple of weeks later and pick off the ones that have come into full blossom don't do that he said I want you to leave that for the stranger I want you to leave that for the widow I want you to leave that for the fatherless that's going to be theirs I'd like to say to you tonight church somebody said what's this got to do with us today I'd like to say that when God filled those folks with the Holy Ghost and give them the divine power on the day of Pentecost amen they just got what was right at that time but every day in 19 and 89 amen there's a new crop coming on you hear me there's still some berries in the tree and there's still some shocks in the field and what God's saving that back for is us we don't need to get depressed we don't need to look back at the early church and say bless God if we had it like the early church listen they got the bountiful of the harvest but I say to you friend there's still some left we're the stranger in this thing we're the out of place man in this thing but bless be to God if we'll get out there and look there's still some sheaves and there's still some grapes and there's still some olives in the tree hallelujah hallelujah I got so excited when I read this scripture tonight amen brother David had come in the office and I closed my Bible up and I talked to him when he walked out I went back over down sat down at the desk opened the scripture back up and all I could think about was these words of God I couldn't remember what else I had on my mind my mind becomes scrambled but then I remembered that God said in here amen in the book of Deuteronomy that friend when you gather leave some for somebody else when you get out there and get your grapes make sure that you don't pick it clean hear me folks right now if I ever felt a time that there's still some grapes on the vine and there's still some vineyards between olives in the vineyard and if there's still my friend out there somewhere if there's still my God hallelujah some wheat lying in the field is right now for God's never left this church without a blessing you hear me he's never left to us out of promise if we'll seek the face of God what we need is still there all we've got to do is go out and pick it up now let me say, it might be a little harder together than it was those that gathered the first fruit, but I promise you that there's sufficient fruit left in that tree. <clears throat> That's why it's harder to live for God today than it was in bygone years. Now hear me. That's why it's a tougher time 
Because the Bible said, what did he say? He said, work, hallelujah. Isn't that what he said? Amen, that's a word that scares a lot of folks. Work, hallelujah, out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Sister Clark, you can't stand and beat the bottom of the tree anymore and get the olives to fall. Now you gotta climb up a little higher than they did in bygone years. Evil is prevalent on every side. Trouble is pressing on every side. Now you can't walk out to the field and it's laying at your fingertips. You've gotta work, hallelujah. You gotta press, hallelujah. You can't give up and say, oh, bless God, because it isn't laid at my fingertips. I'm not going to be able to make it, but I promise you there's sufficient there. Hear me. He's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed. Hallelujah. Begging bread. The righteous is Jesus Christ, but bless God, we're his seed. He's never left to us out. There's still some olives in that tree, some grapes on that vine. My God. Hallelujah. There's still some wheat lying in the field. It's going to take a little more effort than it did yesterday today yes it is it's going to be harder to get today than it was to get yesterday but it's out there my God God said I'm not going to leave the New Testament church without when they came through their very shadow of those men that received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost fell on men and they received their healing why? Because they got the best fruit off of the tree. Hear me now. Somebody said, oh preacher, we've got that today. I have never known a man in my life that his shadow fell on somebody. Amen. And they were healed in my lifetime. But that doesn't make me doubt God's word. That doesn't make me doubt God's power. Because God said, listen, I'm not going to leave the stranger without. I'm not going to leave the widow without. I'm not going to leave the homeless without. There's still going to be something left. I remember when I was a boy, my daddy would go down to the neighbor's field. After he had picked his corn, we'd get those old hemp sacks and we'd head out through that field, Sister Clark, and Dad would say, boys, look around the edges and pick up the ears of corn that had been missed. That farmer didn't go back and glean his field again. He said what had fell from that picker and what had fell off the side of that wagon, he's going to give that to somebody else. Hear me, folks, what spilled over on Pentecost, what's left in the top of the tree, what's still moving in the church now, all we've got to do is climb a little higher Look a little farther. Go out there and get it because God left the experience for us. Hallelujah. But somebody said, Preacher, the glory of this latter house should be greater than that of the former. That's true. That's true. Never before has there been an age to live for God because, listen, the early church. They were thrown in lion's dens and burnt with fire and their brains dashed out with fuller's clubs. We're not facing that. My God, we can come to church and worship God without fear. We can come to church and worship God. Somebody said, oh, preacher, but they took it all at Pentecost. No, they didn't. How can I get you to understand tonight? They didn't take it all. Oh, no, sir, there's still something left. But you say, preacher, I can receive the same experience that they received on Pentecost. That's right. Hear me tonight. That's right. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Jesus said, these works and greater shall you do. But I promise you one thing right now. You're going to have to climb the tree to get what you want. You can't stay on the ground shaking a tree that's almost empty. You're going to have to climb up the tree. That's why you've got to pray every day. That's why you fight this flesh every day. That's why you war every day. That's why every day it seems like it's a tough one. Every time a battle comes, it seems like a rough one. That's why you've got to pray 
That's why you got to fast. That's why you got to seek the Lord. That's why you got to come to God and say, God, amen, help me up the tree, Lord. I'm not very good at climbing, but up there on the top of that tree, I see there's some berries still hanging there. And I see God in that vine. There's some berries there that had not come to their maturity. You'd be a fool to think that every berry on the tree matured at the same time. You'd be a fool to think, my friend, that every shock of wheat matured at the same time. No, sir. Some take a little longer. Some take a little while longer. Some take a little more sunshine than others do. But when they come to maturity, they're just as good as the ones they pulled off the first time. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible, Peter said, for this promise is unto you. Amen. But he didn't stop there. He said it's unto your children. And it's unto them that are far off. The stranger. The man that is not of Jewish bloodline. The man that is not born. Amen. With the dark olive skin. The man, my friend, that doesn't have the bigger nose than what Americans have. Yes, sir. That's the man. Amen. You're the stranger. Those Jews did not get all the Holy Ghost there is. They did not get all the healing power there is. They're still left in the church today an adequate supply to feed the hungry that passes through. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Glory be to God. When you beat your olive tree, boys, don't go over the boughs again and pick it clean. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't get all there was. There's still more Holy Ghost in that tree. Hallelujah. When you spoke in tongues and God anointed your soul, you didn't get all, hallelujah, there was. Because right now in God's church, there's ample supply. In this building tonight, there's ample supply. Amen. Around this building, God's got trees that have not been picked clean. You hear me? He's got grapevines that are still producing grapes. He's got sheaves of wheat still laying in the field that have never been picked up. Do you remember the story of Ruth and Boaz? Amen. When Ruth came to the country of Boaz, amen. When she got there, she looked around. Amen. And what did she see? She said, these men are missing some wheat. She said, I'll go out into the field and I'll glean what they have missed. I'll pick up what they've left behind. What did Boaz say? He said, boys, I want to tell you something. Every now and then drop her a sheep. Hallelujah. Where she won't have to work so hard. Every now and then leave some behind. I'm telling you right now, friend, Pentecost didn't have it all. We've got it today. God's pouring it out. God's blessing the church. God's anointing his ministry. God's filling you every day. He's left some behind. My, my, my. And we're picking it up. And we're gleaning it. And we're giving it. Somebody said, not for us. Oh, yes, for us. But you got to be willing to climb a little higher. You got to be willing to shake a little harder. You got to be willing to work a little more to get what God's got in store for his church. What did he say? He said, you've got to look out. You've got to be careful. For the night comes when no man will what? No man will what? What did it say? No man will what? Work. Why do you mean work? Listen, folks, we're not picking apples off the ground now. We're picking those that are left in the top of the tree. What do you mean? We're finishing what the season has left. Hear me now. I said, we're at the end of the harvest season now. 
and we're picking up what is left. There's adequate supply, I promise you, but you've got to be willing to work. That's why I'm not giving up when I come to church and service in what I think it ought to be. I'm going to come back again. Why? Because there's still some olives in the tree when it isn't exactly what I feel like it ought to be. I'm going to look a little harder because somewhere God commanded him to leave some sheaves in the field and he commanded him, my friend, to leave some grapes on the vine. I'm going to hang on because there's something there for me. Hallelujah. Somebody said you're a fool to believe this apostolic message. Call me what you want to. If I'm being foolish, I'm having the time of my life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, preacher. The Holy Ghost is not for people today. You come too late to tell me because I done got it. Fellow said one time, he said, the Holy Ghost is just for the 12 apostles. I said, look me over and name me, buddy, because I got it. Hallelujah. My God. This thing, there's some stuff laying around. Somebody said, oh, that's just morsels. That's just, that's just bits and pieces. What did the man say that come to Jesus? He said, even the dogs desire the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Amen, I want to tell you right now. Amen, there's enough in a crumb of God's spirit. Amen, to save you, friend. You hear me? Somebody said, oh, I want a Pentecost all over again. I want miracles. I want healings. They're in the church. Hear me now. I want to tell you, and they're going to be in the church. But what we've got to realize that God's got them in the church as he sees fit. Listen, Jesus had trouble in his day performing miracles. He was almighty God because of their unbelief. What do you think the hindrance is today? But I'm telling you what, there's some sheaves laying out there. Where are you going, stranger? You folks are ignorant to salvation. You have not been schooled in catechism. You don't know what the teachings of our church are. As a matter of fact, you don't know the background of history. You don't need to know the background to history. You don't need to know catechism. All you need to do is find out who Jesus Christ is. And God says, look up, hallelujah. Look up. Every year when Midianites would come down and sweep down on Israel as I preached the other night, every time they would come down, amen, the Bible said there were still some berries left in the top of the tree. Hallelujah. You hear me? There was some still some wheat lying in the field. Old dad and I'd go out there in that field and the boys, and we'd take those sacks and we'd fill the whole car up. Amen. We'd load the trunk down and we took them back and our hogs just got just as fat as the old boy that had the whole field. Why? Because we was able to clean it up. I'm not quitting, hear me? I'm not giving up, hear me? I'm not letting down, hear me? Because I believe there's adequate supply for God's church and friend. I'm going to get what's left in the tree. Somebody said if we pick the tree clean, that's why God didn't pick it clean. He knew there's some folks in North Vernon, Indiana at First Apostolic Church that was going to come along and they was going to be reaching for the grapes on the top of the tree. You hear me? They we're going to be grasping for some things. Amen. Somebody said, preacher, this is tough. Listen, I never did say that it would be easy as pie. But it's a whole lot easier than living in sin. But friend, if you'll reach a little higher, 
That's why when you praise the Lord, you need to get them hands up as high as you can get them. Get up on them tiptoes and seek God. When they baptized me and I come out of the water, I stood on my tiptoes like a ballet dancer. I threw my hands as high as I could get them. I remember a preacher looked at me and said, what were you reaching for? I said, I'm reaching for everything that God's got for me because there's a portion out there for me and I'm going to get it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Peter said, for this promise is unto you, your children. And then if I could insert those we can't see, those that are far off. You that have never flown an intercontinental flight or an overseas flight, it's a long ways from here to where those words were spoken. It's a long ways from here to where Peter preached the message on the day of Pentecost. Hours and hours and thousands and thousands of miles from here to there. But Peter said, hey, I'm leaving something in the tree. I'm leaving something on the ground. I'm leaving something hanging in the bush because there's some folks that's going to come along that's going to be hungry for this message in the last day. There are going to be some people come along that are looking for healing. There are going to be some folks come along that are looking for miracles. There's going to be some folks come along that are looking for genuine Bible salvation. And we're not going to pick the tree clean. And we're not going to glean the boughs of that tree. We're going to leave something hang there for those that come along. That's why he said it's to them that are far off. Listen, church, tonight, that means me. And that means you. And that means everybody in this building tonight. God's got something for every one of us. He said, I have never, never, he said. I like the way when God says never because I know he means never. We could say, I'll never do that again, but we don't mean that sometimes. God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. His seed begging bread, I'm going to take care of him. They that hungereth and thirst after righteousness. But oh, that's not for us today. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness. But modern religion says that's impossible. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness. The theologians say, oh, that was just a one-time experience. But they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What did he say? He said, they shall be filled. Hallelujah. My, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. I sometimes wonder if we realize what's really hanging in the boughs around us. What's laying in the field just at our feet. What my friend is hanging in the vine. I've walked out in the garden in the middle of summer and looked at the beans and I thought, man, them beans didn't do very good at all. But it wasn't until I parted the leaves and looked hanging from the vine that I could see the fruit of that old bean plant. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's not until I climb to the lofty heights of God Almighty. It's not until I make an effort to press into the presence of God Almighty. It's not until I reach and bend over and stoop and pick up what's been laid down that one time was standing. Somebody left it behind for me. My papa grabbed that corn and we threw it in the car and took it home. Amen. He said, this is great. This is great. I didn't think it was so great. I didn't like picking it up. I didn't like shucking it in my hand. I didn't think it was so great. But Dad said it don't cost us nothing but a little work. It don't cost us nothing but a little sweat. It don't cost us nothing but a little labor. It's going to feed our hogs. I can feed my family. Everything's going to turn out all right. 
the Holy Ghost today. It don't cost us nothing, but a little wealth shall be supplied. My, oh my, oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Hear me, friend, there's still something out there. We're not living in a desolate land. We're living in a land of plenty. Glory be to God. Tonight as I bring this message to a close, Peter said, it's for you now. It's for you now. Somebody said, oh no. Oh, but it is. Folks, hear me. Don't shake your head and say we can't. Rejoice in your heart and say we can. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh, Janet will never come back to God. There's still something hanging in the tree. All the grace has been used up. All the Holy Ghost has been used up. All the power has been taken. Man, we're living in 1989, the month of November. Amen. 1990 will be here before we know it. There's nothing more left. But listen to me. Somebody parted the vine. And there was a cluster of grapes that somebody left behind. And the sweetness of the precious vine. Amen. And all of a sudden they begin to learn to sup with God again. And again and again. Why? Because my friend God left adequate for the church. I don't have to have my shadow healing nobody to prove to me that God's real. Amen. The Bible said an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I'm not looking for signs. I'm looking for the second coming. I know tonight that if somebody hadn't left something for John Willis, I'd be lost and undone without God. But up in the top of that tree, hanging in the hittermost parts of the vine, laying in the remotest part of the field, was a sheaf of wheat that somebody had dropped. By commandment, he could not go back and pick it up. That was left there for me. And tonight in this building, there is ample supply for you. You don't have to go home tonight feeling empty. You don't have to go home tonight feeling that there was nothing in this service for you. You don't have to go home tonight saying, oh, preacher, there was no healing left. Because, friend, God commanded it to be there. He commanded it to be there. Go out, my friend, and look in the top of that tree. There's still some berries. Part the leaves and look hanging on the vine. There's still a cluster. And look real hard across the field that has already been gleaned. There's still sheaves of wheat lying, waiting to be picked up. Now when you pick the grapes, you must seed them. And to make them into wine, they must be squeezed. To get the olives out of the trees, they must be pitted. And there's still work to be done. To get the sheave of wheat off the ground, you can't take it home and just eat it like it is. It must be thrashed. There's still work. But it's the benefits of that shortbread. And them biscuits that can come from that wheat. It's the benefit of a cool, refreshing drink of the fruit of that vine. It's the benefit of the savory taste of those olives that have been pitted and cleaned and processed. 
That's where the benefit comes. But there's still plenty there. We have had a great move of God's Spirit in the last few weeks in this church. The days that I were not here and the days that I have been here, I have felt the presence of the Lord. But I want to remind you, friend, that in this place, there's still something left. It's not been squeezed out. It's not been stripped down. It's not been all picked up. But there's enough for you tonight if you want it. As you stand with me tonight, again, let me repeat to you the words of Simon Peter. For this promise is unto you, your children, them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm not discouraged. I don't feel like I've been left out. I don't feel like, friend, that I've been just passed by. But I feel like the dew of heaven has fallen on me tonight. And in this place right now, God has something for you. I said God has something for you. All you've got to do is put a little work into it. Put a little effort into it. For the scripture said, faith without works is dead. Why don't we gather around the altar tonight, every one of us, and I want us to reach to the top of the tree. I want you to part the leaves on the vine. I, my friend, want you to stick your hands up as you come up here and grab a hold of what God's got for you. Come on.